Welcome to the Bootleg Gathering Podcast. Today's episode starts right now. All right, welcome everybody to uh, this is a while back. Jenna and I coined the phrase bootleg gathering, just kind of the bootleg in the sense of unofficial, um, unsanctioned. And some of you have been able to join those in the past, and we've kind of rented a different space, and we've had a lot of fun doing that. We wanted to do one right before Easter. Uh, we had no idea that this season would require us to innovate a little bit. Uh, So now I'm pretty sure that if we were to meet in a group, we would all go to jail. So uh, the the term bootleg gathering sounds uh, very, very relevant in in this time. Um, So I apologize in advance as if there's any, if this turns into like a, a bad Kung Fu movie, and you hear doors slamming and kids running and we we lose somebody or somebody drops off uh just be patient and we'll do everything we can to to kind of hop back in you can probably see that i've got a couple of people with me today and as i say at all of our bootleg gatherings uh we are not starting a church Uh, we're simply gathering as the church that jesus started and these guys that i've got with us tonight are simply um the, the guys that I hang out with, and we usually go to breakfast every Friday morning. And we always go to the same restaurant, and uh, we have the same waitress. And when I tell Ashley, hey, give me the usual, uh, she knows exactly what I want. She knows uh, that she's going to be bringing me one egg over easy with whole wheat toast and a cup of coffee. And uh, so... It just feels like we're in this season where there's a new usual, right? And so let me introduce these guys real quick because I know not everybody uh, knows them. But uh, first of all, uh, we have Dan Marlin, and he's a worship pastor in Galesburg, Illinois. And Dan, when you order the usual, what's actually going to bring you? Well, you know, it's one of two things. It's either going to be pancakes and it's usually like the kids order of it, so she makes fun of me, or it's gonna be one egg over easy with toast. There you go, there you go. And then we got Jeremy Kilgore, and he is an IT consultant, uh, works for a company out of Michigan, but he plays a crucial role with his church. Jeremy, if you order the usual, what's Ashley gonna bring you? You know, kind of like Dan, uh, for me, there's more than one option, uh, but I kind of usually stick with one of two things. There's a bagel sandwich that is just delicious. The only way to get it is with sausage, and uh, it's delightful. I love that. But sometimes, you know, I need one of those hearty breakfasts, and they're just country fried steak and eggs is amazing. And so I'll get that. It's wonderful. Sets me up for the whole weekend, really. That's awesome. And then we have Andrew Wingo, and he is a campus pastor at a church in Galesburg. And Andrew... If you order the usual, what's actually going to bring you? Uh, my usual is a uh, bacon, egg, and cheese bagel, which is much better than the bacon, egg, and sausage bagel. Uh, and that is my usual every time. There you go. Now, you used to order the old uh, the, 
the old raisin toast, didn't you? I did. You, I, I did, did you finally then, up and like? No, I was just tired of everybody bullying me about it, and so I stopped doing that. So, <laughs> you know, I had raisin toast the other day. It's so I, good, I told, right? I told the kids it. It was terrible. I oh, was like, Andrew gets this all the time. I, I don't know why he does that. It's so good. That's so dumb. That's good. So as, as I guess we talk about, you know, the usual, I mean, there's a lot of things and probably you guys are saying this all of the time as well. You know, usually we would fill in the blank. Uh, usually I'd have had a haircut by now. Usually in my job as a realtor, I, I would have done a, a walkthrough with a client today. I had rubber gloves and we did a zoom walkthrough of a house. So we've, we've kind of approached this new season of what is the usual. And so I thought it would be valuable, especially during this week as we approach Easter, right? Usually my kids are getting new clothes for Easter Sunday. Usually we're planning a big Easter dinner. Usually we're going to church and experiencing worship and communion and uh, discipleship. And so what, what these three guys are going to do is they're going to kind of put the cookies on the bottom shelf for us as we approach this week in this shelter in place. And we're going to just talk about what is the new usual when it comes to worshiping in our living room with our families? What is the new usual uh, in terms of doing communion as a family? And then what is the new usual now that we can't drop our kids off at the at the kids ministry and you know what does it look like to disciple each other disciple our kids and so that's kind of that's kind of where we're headed uh with our time tonight but first uh we do want to end our time having communion as just a family of believers and so jeremy just speak to us for a little bit about what we need to be getting ready right now so that at the end we can all partake together yeah so we're going to take some time and just go through what it would be like to lead your family through communion, uh, you know, kind of demystify the process, maybe call it a 300 level uh, pastoral course, whatever. But we want to let you get prepared. Uh, so if you can take your phone or something or just real quick, go and grab some things. Really, all you're going to need is something to be the bread or the body. And and honestly, like I'm going to use a Triscuit here. It's It doesn't have to be anything too complicated and anything like that. This is representative. And then something also, you know, to be, uh, you know, the, the the cup or the blood. And, and on it, like I've got a, a cup here of some apple juice. You know, um, if you're going to be doing this with your family, you probably don't want to do anything like wine or anything. But really, this is representative. So what works for you, find something. And uh, then later in our session here, I'll walk through kind of how we can do that as a family, how to set that up and, and walk through that process. Yeah. So if you're watching on your phone or your iPad right now, keep listening, but go to the kitchen and kind of get those elements ready so that at the end of our time together, we can we can do that together. I've talked about this before, and many of you maybe remember this story, but I used to love the show Alone. It was on the History Channel, and they would send these individuals out to this kind of island or this peninsula, and they would just be absolutely alone. The person who lasted the longest would take home half a million dollars. And, and it was a great show. They would have video cameras, and they would be set up. I know Andrew just talked about this show uh, the other day with some of his students. But I'll never forget, it was, it was the first season, and... The winner of that season was a guy by the name of Alan. He went like 60 days. 
And I'll never forget that moment where um, he doesn't know he's won yet, but everybody else is tapped out. And they pretend like they're coming to do kind of this medical uh, checkup on him. And so they, they come in like, hey, we're just here to do a medical checkup. But what they didn't tell him is they brought his wife with him, and she's in the background. And as they're kind of doing a checkup and he's talking on the uh, to the camera, uh, she you can see her in the background, and she's actually like sneaking up on her or sneaking up on him. And, and you're just waiting for this moment when it's revealed that finally – he can go home. Finally, he can be done being alone. And maybe many of us kind of feel that way right now. We're like ready for this season to be over. And uh, But I will never forget this because it was, it was such a powerful moment because it was a moment where I'm like, that's why he won. That was the secret ingredient that he had that nobody else had. And so as the wife is coming up, they kind of reveal, they, he sees her kind of over his shoulder and he realized, he's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And they let him know, like, hey, you won. You were the last man standing, and you get the half a million dollars. And you just, you know, there's that moment where they, they embrace, and he missed his wife, and he's relieved to go home, and he's happy that he got this half a million dollars. But he said something that I think is the key to him winning. In a moment of that post-announcement interview, he said this. He said, man... I was just starting to plan the spring garden. And you almost sense like there's this little bit of disappointment. And he'd been there 60 days. But it was almost like, you know, he was so looking forward to the future. And instead of, and I think this is it. I think instead of trying to survive today, which most of the contestants did, they were just trying to survive today. He was actually planning on thriving tomorrow. And we kind of find ourselves in this season right now where we can we can really approach it like we're just trying to survive, man. Let me know when I can have breakfast with my buddies again, because because that's what I'm looking forward to. But I think this this speaks to a season of potential preparation. And I want to read I just want to read one verse to you. And and then I'm going to try to just draw some application and kind of tie everything together here. But uh, this is found in Proverbs chapter 21. This is the last verse, verse 31. It says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. And there's two things in that little nugget right there that I want to draw your attention to. First of all, um, we have a role to play. Like like we we got to get the horse ready. Like there, there is something that we need to do to play a part in this. But the victory belongs to the Lord. And, and what I find fascinating is it doesn't say the outcome belongs to the Lord or the battle belongs to the Lord. It says the victory belongs to the Lord. Like victory isn't just assumed, it's assured. And I just know that that speaks to you. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it resonated with me that, that we're going to see this season come to an end. We really are. It, it will happen one day. And... God will be glorified and his kingdom will be furthered. And it is a season where we grieve right now and there's some heaviness to it. But there is a, a preparation that I wonder if, if we waste this. I wonder if we waste this if we don't end up like Alan. And at the end of it, in that moment of victory, we don't say to ourselves, man, I was just starting to fill in the blank. And so really what, what I want to do now is just kind of set up this, 
moment. It speaks to the intentionality of preparing. And, and as we approach Easter, I think we're going to have to be intentional as we lead our families and as we lead ourselves. And so, Dan, I'm just going to have you speak to us a little bit about what does it look like for those of us who usually worship at church for an hour a week? What does it look like now? If this is the new normal or if this just lasts a couple more weeks, what does it look like now to be intentional in worship? Yeah, me, me and Chris have been talking a lot about that here just lately. Just the messages that our kids hear uh, or the, even that we're hearing as we watch the news and uh, maybe our kids see commercials and we start to think about those and they weigh on us a little bit, you know. And uh, we just we talk about what kind of atmosphere we want in our home and what worship looks like and what it could be. And we want to spend time worshiping with our kids. You know, a lot of times, if, if I asked anybody out there to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, you could probably do it. Um, some people I know have heard of when they have to find where a letter is or where it falls in the alphabet, they have to sing the whole song just to get to where, where does the H go again? It's because it's kind of the way that God wired us. Like we relate to music and a whole bunch of other things, but we just were able to remember things through that. And that's awesome because when we worship, when we sing songs, their prayers and their scriptures that have been written down in song form that we're actually singing. And so they start to set into our minds and form us again of who God is, of his grace and his mercy and his love. And I love nothing more than to... When I hear my kids outside when they're playing in the yard and they start singing a song, uh, a worship song, or when we're going through a tough time and there's a song that comes to mind because it reminds me of who God is. And so we try to take time to worship with our kids and it's real easy. Uh, sometimes it's just Chrissy putting on a song on her phone that she found, uh, like an MP3 in our playlist. Sometimes it's just playing music during uh, at the breakfast table while we're hanging out. And then sometimes I'll just grab my guitar and we'll go upstairs and right before bed we'll, we'll sing a song together. So it doesn't have to be difficult. Um, maybe you don't play an instrument, that's okay. You know, pick up a phone or find a playlist or something. Just pick a song that you all can sing together. And uh, so that's what we do in our house. We try to do that regularly enough that we're able to get, get to it every day, but we try to. So I just thought tonight maybe we would just, in this season, worship together a little bit. I know uh, our six-year-old had mentioned the other day that he loves this song. It's called Living Hope. So if you don't know this song, just kind of listen along and listen to what the Lord might say to you. Darkness, your loving kindness. 
tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living Such boundless grace, the God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living. i 
Thank you, Dan. Good stuff. I appreciate that. Good word. Great song. Andrew, speak to us a little bit about discipleship. Um, it might be a while before uh, some of us are dropping our kids off uh, in children's ministry. And uh, maybe just give us a little bit of some tools that we can apply here at home. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've been in, in youth ministry for over 10 years and, uh, something that, you know, a lot of parents in youth ministry that have come and talked to me is a lot of parents would come up to me and say, Hey, fix my kid. And, uh, I'd be like, I can't, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's not necessarily the youth pastor's job, but, uh, the role of the youth pastor is really to also help equip, uh, the parents. And so, uh, when you when you hear the word discipleship, also, you know, kind of even thinking about a little bit what Dan was just talking about, uh, you know, through worship, maybe the thought that goes through your head is, well, I'm not a worship pastor. I'm not a pastor, so I'm not the one that's supposed to be discipling or I can't disciple. I don't know how. Um, and, and I just want to kind of just, you know, help you alongside that and, and knowing that that's, that's so not true, uh, that you, you guys all have the, the ability and the capability and, and the gifts to be able to disciple people. And it's what we're, we're all called to do. Um, and, uh, just the last two years, um, discipleship has, has really just, um, stuck out to me. And, and I, and I feel like we don't do a very good job of that, um, just in the church in general. Um, and, uh, and, and I feel that we need to, to really kind of look a little more into this. And, uh, so I just want to give you just a couple, couple steps that you can take, um, right now, as we're all kind of quarantined in with people, uh, you have built in disciples, uh, where you are right now. And that's something that me and my wife, uh, we've been praying a lot about is that we've got three kids, uh, and those are three disciples that we can be pouring into and help getting ready uh, you know, for, for when they become, you know, adults that they're, that they have all the things that they need, the, the, that they're equipped to be able to go and tell the love of Jesus Christ, but also have the love of Jesus Christ inside of them. Um, and, and, and you can, again, there's a lot of passages about disciple making, uh, but I just want to talk about three, uh, real quick. And it's, it's in Mark 12. If you just want to write that down, Mark 12, uh, verse 30 and 31. And it says this, and it says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And the second is this, that you should love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandments greater than these two. And uh, and so for for us, you know, just that, you know, a lot of times we maybe think that we're not qualified or, or, or able to, to pour into people. As a pastor, I sometimes feel that way as well. Uh, you know, but we, we do have the gifts and, and the, the thing we need to do is knowing that it starts with us in our relationship with Jesus. And right now, Scott, you, you said something, um, you know, a, a while back about let's not waste this time. You know, it's so important that we don't just allow this time to, to fly by and uh, just, you know, bog ourselves down with, you know, worrying about tomorrow or watching, you know, just plowing through different stuff, you know, on Netflix or whatever that is. But what would it look like if we looked back on this time and remembered that this was the time that I grew closer to Jesus than I ever, ever did in my entire life? And in First uh, Corinthians 11, it, it, the verse one, it says we need to be imitators of Christ. And the way that we become imitators is by spending time with God by loving him with, with everything that's inside of us. And so I know that, that if I don't start my day with God, then it affects my entire day. And it also affects the people that I interact with and the people. I am a better husband. I'm a better father. I am a better friend 
when I spend time with Jesus. And, uh, and, and right now it's that time when it's so easy to get so uh, preoccupied, so anxious about the world. The other day I was getting so frustrated because things were just not going right, going the way that I wanted them to go. And I was working on something and my son came up to me and he said, dad, 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 dad. And I said, what? And he was like, I just wanted to tell you that I loved you. And I was like, I love you too, but you got to leave me alone right now, you know? And, uh, and, and it was that day I, I, I had not really spent quality time with God and, and, and it showed. And so when we spend time with Jesus every day, just whether that's in the morning, afternoon, at night, just being able to find that time to say, God, what, what is it that you want to say to me? And here are some of my cares. Here are some of my anxieties, my worries, the things I'm scared about, this, this virus thing that's scary. And so if you're holding that in, you're allowing fear and anxiety to take over. But we're supposed to not worry about tomorrow, but knowing that God's going to provide today. And the only way that we know that is if we're spending quality time with him, loving him above everything else. And then the next thing is loving people. So the first thing is loving God. The second thing is loving people. How are you loving the people that, that are around you right now? Uh, you know, what, what does that look like for you? Um, and, and, and we can totally like tell people about, like tell the ki- our, our kids about Jesus. And, and we do, we, we also um, play music um, all of the time, different worship music, or, you know, we'll, we'll sing before we go to bed as well. Uh, but the thing that I want to challenge you guys to do is not just try to tell different Bible stories, but love your family. Just go spend time with your family. The other day, me and Adam were swinging. And uh, while we were swinging, he said, Dad, this is my favorite part of the day when we were able to just do this. And so that that's the thing that we need to not miss. Spend time with your family. Just go be with them. Go swing. Go take a walk. Whatever that looks like. Go watch something on TV with them, but just let them know how much you love them. And as we're continuing to experience the love of our Heavenly Father, that is going to show in our relationship with them. And they're going to, to be able to see Jesus through us because we're imitating him. And then that's going to be able to open up those doors to be able to say, you know what, let me tell you a little bit about Jesus and, and the love that he has for me. There's times where, where I'm, I'm not blowing up and I'm able to be patient because I'm able to spend time with the Lord. And then Jesus gives us kind of the third greatest commandment, if you want to look at it this way, in, in Matthew uh, 28, 11, or 28, 19 through 20, um, says that we need to go make disciples. When we spend time loving God with our heart, soul, mind, strength, and we start loving people, the next response, the next thing is saying, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about the love that he has for you. You think I I love you as your earthly father. You have no idea how much your heavenly father loves you, has grace for you, has mercy for you. And so that's that's what I want to challenge all you guys to do right now is just to spend time falling madly in love with Jesus and then just start falling madly in love with your family, allowing them to see the love of Christ through you. And then let's start opening those doors to start telling people about Jesus. So that's that's kind of some easy three steps to take to, to kind of disciple people at home in this time when we're forced to be with people. Yeah, that's good, man. That'll preach right there. You might have a sermon in you there. That's good stuff. J-Rock, um, go ahead and lead us into this time of communion, but also as you do it, do it in a way that teaches us how we can then take it to our families and and uh, lead them in communion. Yeah, absolutely. So as I was thinking and preparing for this, uh, 
you know, really it was something that was kind of on my heart. I wanted to, to share that, you know, communion is something that, that doesn't have to just exist in the church walls. Like this was something, it was a gift really from God uh, for us to be able to commune in this way or to, to be unified in this way. And so the first thing I actually want to do is, is share some scripture with you because, you know, we see in the, the Gospels, the, the direct account where Jesus and his disciples, they were having, you know, the meal together, the last supper and, and Jesus stops the meal and he goes through these, these uh, kind of demonstrations. But what I want to talk about is really, it's a moment where Paul is talking to, to a church and telling them, Hey, you guys might've gotten this a little bit wrong. And so I want to start, it's in first Corinthians 11 and I'm going to start with verse 23. It says, for I received from the Lord, what I also delivered to you, and that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so what I want you to know from this one, the whole reason Paul was telling them that hey, I had given you this instruction was because they had kind of gotten awry and they were letting silly things divide them and, and take them out of what the purpose of having this, this supper or the, this communion was. So I want to make sure that we don't do that as well. I know that, you know, times are kind of crazy, but let's just all extend grace and, and say that, hey, we're going to come together we're not going to let little things come between us, but we're going to take this opportunity to do what, what Jesus meant for to do is to bring us together. This is a, a moment for the body to be unified. And so I want to do that by just kind of walking through what each of these things, this is where this comes from and why we do things the way we do. And so I'm going to tell you just kind of how you can do this in your home. Like we, we had you before we started, go and get your elements, if you want to call them that, the, the bread and the, the cup or the body and the, the blood. But if, if you've got those, get those ready. And so what we would typically do when we start to walk through a time of communion is one, uh, if you read through this, this passage in, in 1 Corinthians, the first thing we want to do is bring just a humble heart. And so it's great that we started with worship, that Dan led us into that place where we know that, that Jesus is the victory. And so I just want to take a minute. And, and what I would say is let's, let's all just examine ourselves and, and prepare to come to the Lord's table. So let's just take a moment. And, and if there's anything on your heart that you need to give over to God, do that. But we're just saying, Lord, we're, we're thankful for what you've done. And then as we begin to to distribute the elements, so to speak, whatever you're gonna use. Like I said, I've just got a Triscuit cracker here, but if you're gonna use some bread, you would get that ready. And, and like it says here in the verse, it says on the night that he was betrayed, and we just read this word for word, because this is all about remembering what Jesus did. So we just take these words right off the page. We don't add anything to it because he said, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. And so I will usually break that. And, and that really just helps really connect me with what Jesus did, because this was his body. You see, not only did he come to be with us, to be a, a human, 
but that he gave everything of himself. He bore our sin, our shame, our transgression. He took that all to the cross. And so he was broken for us. And so even in that physical act, we can unite in that. And then after that, you know, we can distribute that. So give that to your family members, the people around you, and let them each get a piece. And then we'll take, you know, I like to do both together, but we'll take the cup and, and talk about the cup. So if you have that as well, we'll, we'll say that, you know, in the same way he took the cup, and these are words right off the page again, in the same way he took the cup, blessed it, and said, this cup is the new covenant in my body, given for you. So often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, do so in remembrance of me. And so we remember that this cup is his blood that was shed for us. It's a, it's a call back to when the Israelites used to have to offer sacrifices to make themselves right, to be able to just be in the presence of God. But what we remember is that Jesus was the final sacrifice. And because he shed his blood, not only can we be right with God, but that we're given the Holy Spirit. That means that we are in his presence constantly. We have him living inside of us. There is no longer any separation between us and God. And so as you hold that cup and as each people, have, however you're distributing that, whether each person has their own, if you're going to do a share, but when you get to the cup, what you're remembering is what God did just to eliminate any barriers between you and him. So it says, Anytime that you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, do so in remembrance of me. And so I know some of the other guys, they have their bread and their cup here. And so we're going to hold this up and we're going to say, Lord, thank you for your body. That you have broken and, and saw fit to, to just give of yourself for us. That you bore our sin and our shame, that you took our transgressions and that we can be holy and made right in your presence. Thank you in Jesus name. Now let's partake together. And now take the cup as I finish chewing here. This is the hard transition as a pastor, if you ever wanted to know. But he said, you know, do so in remembrance of me. If you take this cup in the same way, Lord, we thank you for your blood, which was shed for us. Jesus, you lived the life that none of us could. And so, Father, we pray that in the same way that your blood covers us, Lord, that we remember just that, that we have been washed clean. That, Lord, that we can speak to you directly. That there is no barrier to, between you and us, Lord, that our sin has been cast as far away as the east is from the west. And so, Lord, we thank you for your blood as we partake right now in Jesus' name. And then I always close with just a short prayer of blessing. Because when you have that time with God, we just want to thank him for that. So, Lord, I just pray that you would bless all of us tonight. Lord, that we would be able to see that it's really the act of submission that we come before you, Lord, that we represent these items of you. And, Lord, that we take them into us in unity with those around us and the greater church as a whole. And so, Father, I pray like Jesus prayed that we would be one. And that, Lord, whether it be a, a national pandemic or any other, any other event in our lives wouldn't separate us from the practices that would connect us with you. Lord, we thank you that you meet us where we are, that you provide grace in those times where sometimes it's tough. And God, that you continue to show up and always are there for us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jeremy. Well, 
Dan, thank you for your your burden for worship is evident. And uh, thank you for kind of leading us in that time. And Andrew, your passion for discipleship uh, is unmatched. And so thank you for, for those three little takeaways that we can apply even this week. And uh, Jeremy, I love your heart. You have the heart of a teacher and just your way of being able to put that on the bottom shelf so that we can actually uh, do that with our with our families this week. So um, I have one challenge. If you can't remember all of those things, um, my challenge for you, this is the one thing, is to memorize this passage during this season. Again, it's Proverbs 21, verse 31. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. We have a role to play. There's a preparation. There's an intentionality, but there's also a rest that can happen in knowing that God has won the victory. So Dan, as we close, I just wonder, and I I just want to thank everybody that tuned in. I've got my little girl here. She's going to join me. Did you do communion tonight? You did? All right. Um, I want to think, I wish we could be together. I wish I could see your faces. <laughs> and, and I know there's a day coming when we can do this again together. And, uh, but just know, man, we are praying for you. And if, if you need, if you need prayer, you know, if, if there's somebody out there, you just, you just want an encouraging word, or you just want to let somebody know of a need that you have all four of us. Um, you can find our information online somewhere and we would love to hear from you. We'd love to know specifically how we can be praying for you. But Dan, I just thought right now, if you wouldn't mind closing in prayer, and as you do, I just hope that you would maybe be um, remembering that there are some people watching right now that they're, that are alone, they're single, and uh, so so they're literally leading themselves into these moments. And uh, I, I would love for you to think of those families where their income has been reduced, and they really are um, anxious. Uh, it's hard to see the victory when they know. Uh, the math is pretty easy, and this is going to be a difficult season. So if you wouldn't mind, just kind of close us out in a word of prayer, and then we'll sign off, and we'll be done. Well, God, we do. We just, we once again come to you just thankful just for the sacrifice that you made for us so we can have life with you for eternity. God, I just pray for everybody out there listening, for everybody who is struggling right now. Just as Scott said, maybe it's a financial struggle. Maybe they're doing the math and we're wondering what's going to happen. God, I just pray that you would be there in that moment. God, that you would cover that need, that you would bring that peace. God, I pray against any way that the enemy would try to make somebody feel lonely in this season. Maybe cooped up in their house. I pray against loneliness right now. God, we just pray for your presence in every home. God, we pray for healing in those who have been affected by this sickness. God, physical healing for some who have it. Emotional healing for those who maybe lost a loved one or trying to navigate what that looks like. Uh, Lord, 
Lord, we know that even in the toughest times, you can bring peace, unexplainable peace. And God, I just pray that you would do that. Help us to draw close to you in a very real way each and every day through these different practices that we've talked about here tonight. Whatever way it might be, with our family, maybe it's just in our own time with you, God. I just pray that those moments will give us the strength to get up each day and go on. God, just thank you for everybody. All the medical personnel who are putting on all the hours. Officers, firemen, and just anybody who's helping right now. I pray that you give them all strength. We just pray that you bring it into this just swift and quick. God, we thank you again, once again, just for your great love and your mercy. God, for the ultimate gift of your son. No greater gift is that. God, that he laid down his life so we could spend eternity with you, Lord. For that, we are so thankful. Thankful beyond what songs and words could ever really truly express. God, we just love you and we give you all this tonight. Amen. Well, thanks for listening today. To stay in the loop with the Bootleg Gathering, go to thebootleggathering.com.